0: Coming up, what an excellent day for coffee. Well, howdy, folks, and welcome to Minute 74 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, Minute by Terrifying Minute. My name is Lester Ryan-Clark.
1: And I'm Keenan Diaz.
0: And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Kinderman saying, Might your daughter remember, perhaps?
1: And it ends with him saying, And speaking plainly, Mrs. McNeil.
0: Hmm. Yeah. We got a lot of talking from Kinderman in this minute, but strangely, I don't mind as much as when the doctors were talking nonstop. Um.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's just more, uh, what? He's more, he's just easier to listen to. <laughs> he's just smoltsy. Yeah. The minute flies yeah. by. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we could, I, yeah, I could, I could listen to him as specifically Lee J. Cobb. Mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, do some like ASMR or something <laughs> like that. Right. Right. Like, yeah. But it would be in the in the um, the Kinderman thing. He's like, you right? Know, it's like, uh, you know, my wife. She had, uh, you know, uh, she was making us gefilte fish the other day. And, uh, and crumple, crumple, crumple.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's the sound of grass going through your fingers. Here,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm uh, dusting for fingerprints.
1: So. <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
0: but, uh, okay, so let's get to the top of this minute here. Actually, okay, before that, I think now is a good time to open our books. If you'll remember, folks, I think I said that Kinderman meets uh, with Chris first in the book and then with Karis. So Blatty writes a little introduction to him here. Um, Let's have a listen. A reading from the book of Blatty. She was standing in her bedroom, selecting a camouflaging wig to wear in Dayton when Carl appeared. There was someone to see her, he told her. Who? Detective. And he wants to see me? He nodded. Then he handed her a business card. She looked it over blankly. William F. Kinderman, it announced. Lieutenant of detectives. And, tucked in the lower left-hand corner like a poor relation. Homicide division. It was printed in an ornate, raised, Tudor-type face that might have been selected by a dealer of antiques. She looked up from the card with a sniffing suspicion. Has he got something with him that might be a script, like a big manila envelope or something? There was no one in the world Chris had come to discover, who didn't have a novel, or a script, or a notion for one or both tucked away in a drawer or a mental sock. She seemed to attract them as priests did drunks. But Carl shook his head. Chris immediately grew curious and walked down the stairs. Burke? Was it something to do with Burke? He was sagging in the entry hall, the brim of his limp and crumpled hat clutched tight, with short, fat fingers freshly manicured. Plump. In his middle fifties, jowly cheeks that gleamed of soap, yet rumpled trousers, cuffed and baggy, mocked the sedulous care that he gave his body. A grey tweed coat hung loose and old-fashioned, and his moist brown eyes, which drooped at the corners, seemed to be staring at times gone by. He wheezed asthmatically as he waited. Chris approached. The detective extended his hand with a weary and somewhat fatherly manner, and he spoke in a hoarse, emphysematous whisper, "'I'd know that face in any lineup, Miss McNeil.' Am I in one? Chris asked him earnestly as she took his hand. Oh my goodness, no, he said, brushing at the notion with his hand as if swatting a fly. he closed his eyes and inclined his head. The other hand rested lightly on his paunch. Chris was expecting a, God forbid. No, it's strictly routine, he assured her. Routine. Look, you're busy? Tomorrow. I'll come again tomorrow. He was turning away as if to leave, but Chris said anxiously, What is it? Burke? Burke Dennings? The detective's drooping, careless ease had somehow tightened the springs of her tension. Ugh shame, what a shame, the detective breathed, with lowered eyes and a shake of his head. Was he killed? Chris asked with a look of shock. I mean, is that why you're here? He was killed, is that it? No, 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 it's routine, he repeated. Routine, you know, a man so important, we just couldn't pass it up. We couldn't, he pleaded with a helpless look. At least, one or two questions. Did he fall? Was he pushed? As he asked, he was listing from side to side with his head in his hand. Then he shrugged and huskily whispered, who knows? Was he robbed? No, not robbed, Miss McNeil, never robbed... But then, who needs a motive in times like these? His hands were constantly in motion, like a flabby glove informed by the fingers of a yawning puppeteer. Why, today, for a murderer, Miss McNeil, a motive is only an encumbrance, in fact, a deterrent. He shook his head. These drugs. These drugs, he bemoaned. These drugs, this LSD. He looked at Chris as he tapped at his chest, with the tips of his fingers. Believe me, I'm a father. And when I see what's going on, it breaks my heart. You got children? Yes, one. A son? A daughter. "'Well, listen, come on in the study,' Chris interrupted anxiously, turning about to lead the way. She was losing all patience. "'Miss McNeil, could I trouble you for something?' She turned, with the dim and weary expectation that he wanted her autograph for his children. It was never for themselves. It was always for their children. "'Yeah, sure,' she said. "'My stomach,' he gestured, with the trace of a grimace. "'Do you keep any water, maybe? If it's trouble, never mind. I don't want to be trouble.' "'No, no trouble at all,' she sighed. "'Grab a chair in the study.' She pointed, then turned and headed down for the kitchen. I think there's a bottle in the fridge. No, I'll I'll come to the kitchen, he told her, following. I hate to be a bother. No bother. No, really, you're busy. I'll come. You got children? He asked as they walked. No, that's right. Yes, a daughter. You told me. That's right. Just the one. And how old? She just turned 12. Ah, then you don't have to worry, he breathed. No, not yet. Later on, though. Watch out. He was shaking his head. Chris noticed that his walk was a modified waddle. When you see all the sickness day in and day out, he continued, Unbelievable. Incredible. Crazy. You know, I looked at my wife just a couple of days ago, uh, weeks ago, I I forget. I said, Mary, the world, the entire world is having a massive nervous breakdown. All, the whole world, he gestured globally. And it goes on like this. And I was tempted Mm -hmm. to go on because this character, I don't know, like, he walks the line between annoying and... A pleasant break from the heaviness of the rest of the story. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like some people do feel that he feels a little bit mm, misplaced in the story. Uh-huh. Like, like the, the flavor he adds doesn't quite jive with the rest of uh, the meal that Friedkin is trying to make. Um, and maybe that's why Friedkin has, has reduced him. Uh, in the film, but that also makes me wonder: like, does Blatty think he fits in the story? Like, obviously, he, obviously, he, yeah, he he must if if he's in there at all, right? But, and but even he's in more there th-
1: as the leader of the sequel, the main character, yes, and all that right. Also. I was going to yeah. say he yeah, seems yeah. to
0: really like this character, right? Mm-hmm. You can tell, like he he writes he you can tell how he writes even in just like the first book. He writes the Kinderman scenes um, that uh, like like this is a darling he had particular trouble murdering, um, <laughs> unlike Burke.
1: <laughs> yeah, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had no
0: trouble murdering Bert. <laughs> That's who the killer was. It was Blatty. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Keenan, what do you think about, about the stuff I just read, but also about like Kinderman in general in this movie?
1: No, that sounds really fun. All, all the stuff that you were reading. Um mm-hmm. The trouble I have with Kinderman is the uh, TVYNS version, the version you've never seen before, where the ending becomes mm-hmm. about him, and uh, we'll we'll save that, I suppose, for a little later. But that that is my big problem. I don't have any problem with him before then at all.
0: Mm-hmm. You would think that if Blatty were to write a sequel, mm-hmm. it would be about either Chris or Reagan. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're following or Karis, well, no, I guess it can't be about Karis. Um,
1: <laughs> well, it is about Karis.
0: Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, um, you know, before I learned more about Blatty with you and doing research for the show, I assume that the self insert character was Karis.
0: Mm, right because yeah.
1: it, it, it's about Blatty's background as a you know as a Catholic being raised by Jesuits and mm. and all of that Um, but I think more and more the self insert character is Kinderman right he's mm. the guy who is in this very serious world right ho- writing horror movies and dealing with mm. very serious people important people but he's the one who can't help putting on some um, some schmaltz and some Yiddish words and even though mm. Bladdy isn't Jewish you know a lot mm-hmm. of um comedy writers sort of see themselves in that world and because American comedy is Jewish comedy and right mm. yeah so So, so you, you know, it doesn't have to be Blatty's background necessarily for this to be um, the Blatty character.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he he was like definitely influenced by uh, comedians of that time as well. Right. Just like kind of like, you know, having drinks with them, rubbing shoulders and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, folks, uh, that's, that's Kinderman. Um, we would love to know what you think of him. Like, how does he, how does he fit into, uh, the book? How does he fit into the movie? Like, do you, do you like him? Do you dislike him? Do you hate him? Do you want to kill him? <laughs> Is there something that you can do to make him go away? No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, folks, let's, we have him now. He's in the movie. So let's, let's get to this scene.
1: Yeah, what, what are we going to do? Edit him out? We're going to add scenes and delete scenes 50 years later? That'd be insane. That'd yeah. be pure insane. The movie had its chance once in 1973. Yeah. What are we doing?
0: Yeah. Somehow, <laughs> Kingman died. <laughs> That's all you got to do, Keenan. See?
1: Fans will love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll sell more toys. Of the
0: non Kinderman. Just an just an empty uh, uh action figure carton.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's a Lee J. Cobb Funko Pop. There must be. Oh my some god. Some kind. Yeah. As as uh, Willie Loman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be Willie Loman. It wouldn't be this guy, yeah.
0: But yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, for, for for better or worse, we got Kinderman. He is here. He is uh he is uh in, in Chris's home now and he is uh he's having some coffee. So <laughs> So, yeah, we we open on a close-up of a cup of coffee, and we see that Kinderman is sort of playing with it as uh, he, well, we can't say interrogates here, maybe just uh, questions, Chris. Um, and he says, might your daughter remember, perhaps, if Mr. Dennings was in her room that night? Now, as he's speaking, we cut to Chris, and... I love the expression on her face. Uh, for the first maybe half second, she's looking at what he's doing with the spoon in this like horrified way. And because K- Kinderman has written so like extensively, I immediately thought of why that would be. He's probably been doing that for a while. <laughs> just making small talk, Mm -hmm. right? The coffee is probably cold by now and he just keeps spooning it up and letting it plop back into the cup in a way that's probably driving her nuts. Um, Like, you know how people just like involuntarily like do things like while they're talking to you, Mm -hmm. they're maybe like not even aware that they're doing it, but like they just fidget and they fumble (laughs) with something and it just like really irritates you, like just tiny little things that are like so little that you would look weird for calling them out on it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, again, we have to question uh, retroactively, like how how much is this Kinderman just being a weirdo, and how much of this is his wonderful you know skills as a detective, right? As ah, grandma, yeah. Sorry. So he is he is spooning his coffee he's stirring his coffee but as mm-hmm. we see in the the insert shot of it it's black coffee um mm-hmm. do you think there's even any sugar in this that he's stirring i mean there's there might be literally nothing in this cup of coffee and he's stirring
0: it yeah yeah actually yeah and they, like what would be the point of that yeah <laughs> right <laughs> except to like like put chris on edge right
1: <laughs> right exactly
0: yeah just to just to discombobulate someone and make them give up you know some information that they normally wouldn't right <laughs> and again Folks, there's ample examples of this in the book, right? Just little tiny things he does, right? He he like pretends to leave three times before coming back in and being like, <laughs> oh yeah, just one more thing I forgot, and then and then he drops the big bomb, right? Like the whole reason he came in the first place, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you look at Chris's face, it certainly looks like it's working, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and she is discombobulated.
0: Mm, yeah, right. He's 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 getting to her, right? Um, but yeah, so so Chris is looking at him play with this with his <laughs> coffee like this, um. But then she actually starts like hearing what he's saying if she remembers if Burke was in Reagan's room that night. And that's when she looks up and we get a pause long enough for us to switch shots. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a wide shot of the – this is the dining room, yeah?
1: Yeah, is regular. Yeah. We've been in here before chasing after cookies, I think.
0: Right. Oh, yes. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just checked the uh, the floor plan that our awesome listener sent to us. Mm-hmm. By the way, folks, that floor plan is a piece titled The Exorcist Home Sweet Home Design uh 122673 by Pascal uh Pascal uh Wite, Witezek, Witaszek, could be Wita check mm-hmm. um at uh uh pascal WitaZek, uh all one word or wita um uh, on instagram um and you can purchase your very own uh on uh at dark city gallery so uh yeah check check it out nice little conversation piece at mm-hmm. your next party right oh yes that's the uh, famous exorcist house mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. yeah and then uh to show how much of an exorcist fan you are um look them dead in the eye and start pissing all over your own floor <laughs> No.
1: I mean, I, 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 that's, that is how I get rid of any, uh, guests who have overstayed their welcome <laughs> is you're going to die up there. What? <laughs>
0: and then, and you know, it, it, it does double duty because they leave and then they never come back.
1: <laughs> right. And they ask, is this from a movie? Is this a bit? And he's, I, I don't answer.
0: No, no, no. You don't want to, you want to, you want to, you want to keep them guessing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Um, so in this shot, Chris asks, why do you ask now? I remember in previous minutes, specifically the minutes in which she has just found out that Burke has died. We were going back and forth about whether or not she knew that Burke had fallen from Reagan's window Mm -hmm. versus just fallen from the stairs outside. What did, uh, what did we decide on? Like,
1: I, I think that she has figured out that, that he he was pushed. Yes. Okay. But that, that, that we, I don't know, that does not, we have a clear moment in our next scene where we are meant to believe that, that she has figured it all out for sure. Right. And then of course it is harder if you're an actor to, to like have it constantly be like every single one of these moments is the time where she figures it out. But it it does seem like we might be being asked to think that by the filmmakers each time, like uh, every time we get a little bit more confirmation of that is a moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, let's see. Uh. Because she found out that Sharon had assigned him, uh, Burke, I mean, mm-hmm. to look after Reagan while she went to get the Thorazine. Right. So at that point, she knew that he had been in the house, right? Mm-hmm. That was that that amazing bit of acting where she was like putting her hands to her mouth and then she was reaching out towards the crime scene. So yeah, so I think she knows that that he fell from the window. Right. Not, not just the stairs, from her window, from yes. her daughter's window. But I think that's as far as, as she's gotten just yet, um, but you're thinking you're thinking now, like even before the realization that it was that it was. Yeah, I have daughter. trouble
1: because I I know the end of the movie, but I have trouble seeing it any other way. That she she just be like, what? So he fell out, and then I, I don't know. That doesn't compute as well for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: He's you know, Burke can do Burke can f- and fall in the craziest ways. I'm sure because <laughs> right, he slips uh, heading outside her front door. You know, that's like one step. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, if anyone could do it, it'd be Burke. Yeah. Right. If it were Chuck or Tommy or Louie, we're like, what the, what are you talking about? But Burke, yeah, yeah, sure. Burke could fall out of a window.
0: He has, he has a history of falling. (laughs) Mm -hmm,
1: mm
0: -hmm. But yeah, so like. Whatever, whatever she thinks right now, she's, she's being kind of cagey here, wouldn't yeah, you agree?
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, not only from Kinderman, but kind of from us, right? She's really holding yeah. her cards close to her. Yeah.
0: I mean, we just, yeah, we just spent, like, I don't know, I don't know how many minutes, like five minutes trying to figure out, like, like what, she, what she knows right <laughs> now. Um, now, while I don't think that she's thinking yet about Reagan having done it, mm-hmm. I do think she's thinking, well, Burke is dead mm-hmm. and my own kid is already psychologically in a really bad place right now. Mm-hmm. I don't need this detective interrogating her about her dead uncle. Right. Right. Like, Burke is gone. He accidentally fell out of the window, or, or maybe not accidentally, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Reagan doesn't need to know that. Mm-hmm. Like, on to the next thing. Right. Fix Reagan. Let's let's not make it worse by by telling her this. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. When we got the news from Chuck, the ad, I was saying in that at that minute that it's kind of like, well, uh, well, this, you know, Burke dying takes precedence over Reagan's illness. Right. Just because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is this is Burke dying. This is is more immediate right now. And now these two threads are coming together and she she has to confront Mm. them at the same time rather than trying to uh, what's the word Um, compartmentalize them. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, But so, yeah. So she says, why do you ask? And Kinderman responds by sort of shrugging and just asking again. Like, eh, might you remember? Mm-hmm. Right. No big deal. This is this is strictly routine. He's he's just covering all the bases. Right. right? Like we get another really long pause here um, enough for the audience to wonder it was like, wait does she suspect? Like, does she know, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at it now, I'm, I'm sort of wondering, but folks, that just goes to show the power of this acting, the power of this <laughs> acting right here. Um, These, these two are barely moving, right? Just sitting across from each other at a breakfast table and, or I guess dining room table, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, And yet the very air seems charged, right? Like both of them are saying so much by just being still and looking at each other the way they are. Mm-hmm. And, Keenan, you had asked before about uh, uh, being present in a scene, even while your character may be distracted, right? Mm-hmm. You had said, like a student had asked uh, about that. Yes, um, I think this is a good example here as well. Like, how does Chris McNeil lie, mm-hmm. right? Because she's lying right now, right? Is like, is it different from how Ellen Burstyn lies? Like, maybe, maybe not, right? But Ellen Burstyn is being present, right? Um, I wonder if a better word might be. True, right? Like she's being true to the Chris McNeil character because Chris McNeil has a specific posture, a specific Mm -hmm. tone, a specific set of the jaw when she's lying. And Ellen Burstyn is doing all of those things. And I'm realizing now like Chris's style of lying here is – it's it's convincing and not convincing at the same time, mm-hmm. right? She's very she's very still. She keeps eye contact with him. Uh, her voice is steady. It's low. She never raises it. She she never stutters. Right? There's a there's a um, a finality to it. It's almost it's almost like she's looking him in the eye and forbidding him to go any further, mm-hmm. right? Like at, le- at least that's how I'm reading it. Like like don't go down this line of questioning, right. which in a way kind of makes her a bad liar, right? Like did you rob a ba- <laughs> like did you rob that bank? Don't ask me that, right?
1: <laughs> don't you dare ask mm. me that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, She's also an actor, right? Oh, yes. Actors, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Chris n-
0: McNeil is an
1: actor, yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if actors are better or worse than, you know, normies at, mm-hmm. at lying, like, you know, regular, mm. regular, everyday regular, regular people. Um, but I think that we would like to think that we are. I don't know if that's true, though.
0: Mm. But yeah, so, so her answer is actually two answers, mm-hmm. right? Like, first, no. And then after a short pause, she was heavily sedated. Mm -hmm. And even that, folks, just that pause got me thinking like, Chris, are you now trying to convince yourself? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it would be like, no, no, of course not. She was heavily sedated, right? Right. All all in the same breath. But it's almost like she – just came to the realization herself during that little pause, and then put that out there as well. Like, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. She couldn't have. She was heavily sedated,
1: right? Is your is your child a boogie monster? Well, no. And then and then because boogie monsters don't exist. <laughs> yeah. right? She has to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is your daughter possessed by the devil? No, we're atheists. <laughs> obviously (laughs) um but yeah so and we get another pause and kinderman counters with it's serious and do you notice now the pauses are getting shorter and shorter folks (laughs) like i don't want to sound like a broken record here but the use of silence as a tool to be like lengthened and shortened like the playing with the negative space mm-hmm. in between words that these two actors are doing like it says so much about the motivations of our characters where they are mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. how quickly they respond versus how much time they take between their responses all of that is masterfully done here mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I interview a lot of people and um, like actors directors filmmakers and uh, that's a an interviewer's tactic that I keep hearing is to is to you know allow there to be silence I don't know if I'm really mm-hmm. good at it Yet, but right, but allow there to be pauses in the conversation because then the the interview subject will often feel compelled to say something.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? And from like an acting standpoint, folks, mm-hmm. like like I, I just I just saw this uh, this seminar online about um, about the use of uh, pauses and silence in your in your screen tests, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're doing, uh, not screen, te- when you like your, um, Audition. your self tape, your, right. yeah, your auditions, right. Um, when you're, when you're sending something in, right. Like, and, and you're doing a monologue or you're doing, uh, uh something from, uh, from the movie and, uh, they they say like a lot of, uh, a lot of younger actors, I'm using your term here. Mm-hmm. Team, it's right?
1: Inexperienced, right.
0: Inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of inexperienced actors will, will feel that need to, to fill that, uh, silence and, and just like be kind of like, like talking all throughout it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not take breaths, not, uh, you know, not pause, but like, oh man, like there are, like some of the best, some of my favorite acting moments have been completely silent. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I love this scene here, this, uh, this scene um, at a table with, uh, with Ellen Burstyn and Lee J. Cobb.
1: Yeah. For your auditions, mm-hmm. if the, if the casting agent and the director are doing their job and watching you, then, then everything you're doing doesn't have to be filled with uh, dialogue at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And if yeah. they
1: aren't noticing, then they are not the kind of person you want to work with.
0: Right, right. And sometimes using that silence can maybe make them look up from their phone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, oh, they stopped. Oh, oh, giving a look right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah. So uh, like to that point, uh, our kinderman, he asks, may I ask? But before he even finishes, Chris finishes that line of questioning by quickly shaking her head no, mm-hmm. you may not ask. That little head shake seems to say. Um, but what she replies is, we still don't know. Right Now, he tries to counter this with a little bit of patented Kinderman Schmaltz. He's like, <laughs> watch out for drafts, right? Uh, a draft in the fall when the house is hot is a magic carpet for bacteria, right? That, oh, yeah, that line is straight out of the book.
1: Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's true. I don't know if I should be taking my medical advice from Kinderman know. in 19 – a fictional character from 50 years ago <laughs> yeah. who's not a medical doctor. I'm not sure. I mean,
0: it seems – it seems it – seems like something that was. Ah, I'm trying to find any other way to say it without saying, um, old wives' tale. Um, <laughs> where which I guess I just
1: did. Yeah, old uh, kinderman's tale. <laughs> in old kinderman's tale, it, it
0: seems it seems like like folk, uh, medicine. Even as he's saying, like even mm-hmm. in the world of the story, he's saying it right. right? Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, just like, just uh, rub a, rub a dead chicken on your
1: head or something like that. Now don't do that. I know that for sure. (laughs) It's a salmonella. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's like a freight train of bacteria. That's like.
1: Yeah. But I, I don't go around worrying about drafts anymore. I've never had, I've never thought about a draft. No. I guess sort of similar to um, until very recently, right? We, we all just knew that if you go swimming uh, 30 minutes after you eat, you get stomach oh, cramp, yeah. right? We just all knew that. And that's what everyone would say. And maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was uh, tied specifically to America, but if it was, that'd be something like somebody from Australia coming over. and You, you, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you don't yeah. get stomach. That's not what a stomach cramp is. They become eating. Right. right.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's what he said. You know, it's like magic carbon for bacteria. Right. right? Um, now, <laughs> That line is straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it always stuck out to me. Just like, just the phrasing is like so odd, right? Like there are times he really does this. Like he's someone's fussy old aunt.
1: <laughs> but yeah.
0: So all that to say, like, um, I, I really like the way that Blatty writes mm-hmm. Kinderman. Um, and again, like, you know, he is he is a a flavor that you can, you know, that you can say works really, really well in this story mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, like maybe belongs in another story, but like, I like him. I like him as a character. Have
1: mm-hmm. you heard the ca- that complained about him for in the book? Because I think, you know, getting again to like the difference between a book and a, and a film in a book, right. We can have giant jumps in tone. Um, And, you know, you could, you could skim through the parts that don't work with your tone. You could reread them. You can go slower, faster. Like all the songs
0: in Lord of the Rings.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. There's written. Oh, I assume that the songs in Lord of the Rings are like in the, um, Cimmerillion or something. So
0: no, no, they're all throughout the Lord of the Rings really? as well. Oh, okay. Just somebody, somebody just like, you know, uh, in, insults somebody's lady friend. And then like, they step forward and instead of being like, Hey buddy, I'm going <laughs> to give you a piece of my mind. They just start singing.
1: But how, so, so how does that, Does it say like what tune they're at? Because, like, I'm used to. No, no.
0: They take the most exciting part of the music out of the music and it's just words. And then if you're an audiobook reader, then I'm I'm thinking, of, like, I, folks, I love, I love the, the Rob Inglis, uh, Lord of the Rings okay. audiobooks, but when he sings, he does this thing.
1: So, and I'm just so like, skip, 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 so skip. So, whose skip. job is it to write them? Like, did, did Tolkien ever write down the music?
0: Oh, no. Oh, the music and not the lyrics? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he wrote, wrote, uh, the music. I think, I think he was just writing them as like, Poetry, okay. you know, just lyrics. <laughs> and we got to figure out how that sounds.
1: Sure. I'm used to say reading something that's more like a, um, uh, like in Mad Magazine, <laughs> they, mm. they would say, uh, you know, here's a song, but, but sing this to the tune of. To the tune the of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Now. Tolkien doesn't do that.
1: Okay, well that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder in the in the in the book, right, whether Kinderman um is as jarring for some people as he is in the movie, because yeah, it's quite something else to be like, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen, and then we have this guy come in and he's he's comic relief, right?
0: Right, right, yeah. Um I I haven't heard any complaints about uh the book kinderman who is right. who is you know by all accounts more schmaltzy than the than the right. movie kinderman but yeah like to what you were saying Kenan, it, he uh, at least that i know of nobody seems to mind mm-hmm. that he's in there um you know kind of like changing up the tone a yeah, little yeah i haven't heard um, that either
1: so that might just be like some you know something that's in, in intrinsic to what a movie is is that a movie tends to be more unified right mm-hmm. not that there aren't movies that are more disparate obviously and some of those are my favorite movies like with huge cast of characters or mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. different timelines or different you know alternate realities right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but the movie tends to be more unified it's one story one theme one mm-hmm. series of actions that are all causing each other
0: right even the characters can only like uh, be entertained by one uh, you know uh, thing of uh, flavor of media on on the TV or the you know, right the radio exactly or like they're that. all
1: Carmen like, coincidence we're, we're all Carmen yeah it's right. all
0: Carmen all the time
1: yeah <laughs> yeah why would they Watch, yeah, why would they watch the news at all if the news wasn't about what they were talking about?
0: Exactly.
1: Now I'm trying to pull up a Lord of the Rings song <laughs> and see. Oh boy, <laughs> the One Ring to r- rule them all. What is this? Oh, is that a song? That's, that's
0: no. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's the thing that's written on the ring. It's like right. the, not the spell, but the kind of like the. Um, uh, the not the incantation either, but like it's it's the it's the 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 bit of like verse that goes with the tale of the ring. It's one <laughs> ring to rule them all, or one ring to bind them.
1: Right, I know uh, that, but that uh, oh no, no to find them. To find yeah. them so are, oh God, they're all mad, <laughs> but they're very small. They're hobbits, but they're um. Yeah. But so that no, I know that one, but I didn't know if that was a song. But here I found a song which is okay. the bath mm. song.
0: Oh yeah, one the of, bath song. Okay, one of
1: Bilbo's favorite bath songs is sung by Peregrine Took in Chick Hollow. Yep.
0: Pippin, full of a Took.
1: While well, he, Sam Gamgee, and Frodo Baggins are bathing,
0: yeah, it's one of they're... so they're
1: singing one of it's so they're bathing and they're you know who likes you know, so I'm I'm bathing <laughs> with my buddy. <laughs> With my buddy Sam and then a relatively new stranger person that I've been on the journey, right? Uh-huh, and I'm uh-huh. gonna let me sing you a song that my uncle likes a lot. Well, kind of, well, no, no,
0: no, not a, not a stranger.
1: Kenan, don't make it weird. They're like cousins, okay? Peregrine Took? Yeah. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. It's Pippin. It's Mary and Pippin. No, no, no. this is somebody else.
0: No, Peregrine is Pippin. Oh, what? Peregrine, Peregrine, <laughs> Pippin is short oh, for Peregrine. Oh,
1: that doesn't sound much shorter. Okay. And
0: Mary is short oh, for Mary. okay. Marietta. No,
1: no, 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 no. So, okay, this is the three buddies then. Okay. God, yeah. okay, that's not as crazy. Still a little crazy. That, mm. like, hey, we're we're getting together, and I'm going to sing you a song. My uncle used to sing about bathing.
0: You know, okay, we we just we just were talking about. <laughs> we were very respectful of other people's
1: <laughs> hobbits. Aren't people, Lester? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, folks, 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 folks. The opinions of King and Diaz um, do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Exorcist yeah. man.
1: They're played by they're out. played by people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're not people.
0: Okay. So say you. Okay, go on. Say what you were going to say. No,
1: anyway. So they're sung by. This is also sung by Mary and Pip. That's why I'm confused by this wiki, because it says Peregrine in one paragraph and then Mary and, uh, and Pip in another paragraph. Yeah. So right, 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 right. So, um, I believe Mary and Pippin are gay and some people like to believe that Sam is gay and I don't know, but Sam has a wife. So I don't think it's it's nice to say that Sam's gay when he has a wife.
0: Why? Okay. Well, now we're down. Now we're on that uh, tangent. (laughs) Well,
1: we're talking about the bathing song. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sing. Hey, for the bath at the close of day that washes the weary mud away. A loon is he that will not sing. A water hot is a noble thing. Uh,
0: uh, uh, Really? Peregrine? A loon is he that will not sing during a bath? (laughs) But I was saying, folks, like, who are we to to, to judge the bathing culture of um, of hobbitses, mm-hmm. um, hobbitses? You know, it's like, hey, bathing with your buddy, you know, whatever, right?
1: I understand why you have to bathe with your buddy when you're on the road. Yeah, do you have to sing a song? Your that's, uncle okay, taught that's, you about bathing. That's where I was
0: like, why the fuck? Like, I'm trying to get clean. Like, we right. just we just walked, you know, like 20 miles. Yes. Yes. Can we have a nice peaceful bath? Right. Can we have a nice, you know, like this guy?
1: This reminds me of my my uncle went on an unexpected journey. No oh, god, <laughs> he here we go. Sing, sing the song of the bath. <laughs> oh. yeah. Of of course, one of the reasons I want um, Pippin and Mary to be gay is that just Mary is is the cutest Hobbit in the movie. Oh, yeah. So it's just like whoever you think is the cutest hobbit is the one you want to be gay. So the ones, the people who want uh, um, Sam to be gay, I think they just have a crush on Sean Asson. Mm. I don't think there's anything I, in the movie that says that Sam is gay, except that
0: I don't know. We we are slowly turning, much like much like um, a Smeagol who has found the ring. We are <laughs> we are slowly turning into the Lord of the Rings minute, which there already is the Lord of the Rings minute. So
1: wait, oh, no, I, I'm I, never going to be invited on the Lord of the Rings minute because I've I've on record. You, hey, about... you never
0: will now because you criticized the bathing culture of hobbits and you called them not people. <laughs> Besides, I think they're already done with that. I think they're doing uh, the Rings of Power. Right. Now. So, but <laughs> what I was, what I was gonna say Bro. is that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, talk about, uh, Sam and Frodo, right. uh, being a couple and ju- I mean, you watch the movies mm-hmm. and even, you know, just like reading, you know, whether, whether Tolkien intended mm-hmm. it or not, right. It, it is a very, very. Um, strong and unique, uh, uh, relationship. It's very touching and very yeah. sweet. Um,
1: yeah. I don't see them as gay in the movie, um, but oh, interesting. Do, yeah, mm-hmm. but again, I think it, I think it's just because they have a crush on Elijah Wood and um and Sean Astin the way that I have a crush on uh, Billy Boyd.
0: So they're just like like with their little action figures is like now kiss. Right? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> if that doesn't happen in Greta Gerwig's Barbie movie, <laughs> 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 I think they've done it wrong. <laughs> right. Ah.
0: ah, but yeah, so um so, like back into uh look at what kinderman did like he, <laughs> he orchestrated all of this getting us distracted talking about hobbits okay so but yeah so so kinderman um uh yeah we, like a uh, magic carpet for bacteria right, there, right, we go. That's there we go about, brought right. it back yeah yeah so but now before he can say anything else mm-hmm. we are interrupted here by carl right. actually actually he notices carl a little bit before we do mm-hmm. right like just as he's finishing up his sentence and like, I'm trying to decide if he, if this noticing of Carl is genuine here, mm-hmm. like, or if he was aware of him the whole time, the whole time, right? The, the, the whole time, right? <laughs> so, so I guess, okay, so now is a good time to say this scene in the movie actually combines two scenes from the book Mm -hmm. kinderman visits chris two times and the second time he is watching carl very very closely Mm -hmm. out of the corner of his eye um the second time is when you sort of realize how good this guy is at his job Mm -hmm. right like how aware he is of everything around him even as he puts you know presents himself as this like frumpy absent-minded old man Mm -hmm. right like just how sharp he is right and I'm constantly trying to see, like, hmm, like just how much of that Kinderman is in our movie Kinderman here. Mm-hmm. Like trying to see, like, like the calculation behind his eyes, like when he starts getting schmaltzy, like, or when he says something like seemingly innocent, right? Like, Keenan, I actually want to ask you, how much does he know or suspect here in this moment, in this visit about, about Reagan, about, like, uh, like looking at Carl, like, like about anything?
1: I, hmm, I think that he knows that that thing that he found at the bottom of the stairs is a kids play clay thing, even mm. though we don't see it. Right. Um, I think he knows that the person was that uh, Burke was pushed out of the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he's there to sort of figure out. Well, I think he probably thinks that Chris knows about it in his head again.
0: Okay. But uh, hiding exactly what, maybe he's not sure right. yet. Right. But I
1: think that he thinks that she has all the answers.
0: Mm, interesting. And so now Carl comes in and this always struck me as odd. He says, excuse me, madam, mm-hmm. anything else? Mm-hmm. Did that seem weird to you? Like anything else, like uh, the anything else sort of implies that he had just gotten done serving her right. in some other way like 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 carl can you serve us some coffee mm-hmm. of course madam and will there be anything else right. but like i just assumed that they had been sitting at that table for like a long time absolutely
1: yeah and he's he's right outside in the hall listening to every single word and then is pr- protecting uh her right he's he's the bodyguard yeah. for her
0: that's what it seems right. like, right? It, it sort of gives off that impression, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe, maybe this is his intention that that he's purposely interrupting this interrogation, mm-hmm. like like he doesn't want it to continue. But I thought maybe that was just until I spoke to you. I thought maybe that was just me projecting because I have that like book knowledge mm-hmm. that he is supposed to be sus- suspect number one.
1: That book knowledge is dangerous. That book knowledge, right? You don't. Want... <laughs> it's corrupting our kids. That book knowledge. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, with with that book knowledge comes great responsibility. I think. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Like, where, where can
0: I? Where can I? Where can I learn this book? <laughs> <laughs> Not from a movie.
1: Books can take you anywhere. <laughs> Movies are to keep you kids quiet in the next room. <laughs> Be quiet. Well, I have some brandy. <laughs> For God's sake.
0: But yeah, I wanted to get your opinion, Kenan. Does this seem... is doing something sus right now
1: as the kids are, as as the kids would say oh yeah he's sussing up a storm yeah for sure he's sussing up a storm yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah like he is he is he is oh he is sus uh, sus, su, sus, sus 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 dr sus is cat in the hat right like, But okay, so now the question, Keenan, we both we both see him as sus. Is he being sus for the purpose of protecting Chris or for the purpose of protecting himself?
1: Well he has nothing to, in, in in actuality he has nothing to hide from himself, right? Mm. Or does he? Well, did he push Burke out the window? I <laughs> uh uh uh, uh.
0: Is she going to be there? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to.
1: Yeah, I think he's just trying to trying to protect Chris. I think is what. He does. Okay, so that's how you. I sound. believe okay. so. Yes. Okay. Do you think he's totally uh, loyal, or as the kids might say, loyal?
0: Wait, say that again.
1: <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to shorten that down to three letters, but it's the same word. <laughs> it is. How do you shorten? Shorten loyal. I shortened it to loyal, <laughs> but it's the same. It's the same word. <laughs> <laughs> But do you think he's willing to go to jail for Chris? Ooh. <laughs> do you think like 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 Carl is that type of person who's like, I will do anything for matter like uh Max from Catstone Dance, who is right. who is would Max do from Sunset Boulevard, who would do anything for uh Norma Desmond. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Um, okay. I think he would do anything for Reagan.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um Chris, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do think he is very loyal, very um Lloyd Lloyd
1: um,
0: <laughs> God the kids do it. Um but there there is only one thing that he is more loyal to, and we haven't gotten to okay, that yet. Great. Yeah. Uh but no, I think I think in this case, I think you're right, uh Keenan. He is he is protecting Madam mm-hmm, right here. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like in any case, uh, Chris says, no, Carl, we're fine. Thank you. And then when Carl doesn't leave, continues to stand there, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, it's all right, Carl. Right. Which again, like has me thinking that, you know, there's, there's an, you know, there's another reason that he went in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and then I thought, well, perhaps they, they'd planned it out. Maybe, maybe she said to him like, Hey Carl, if it gets a little bit too pushy with the questions, mm-hmm. can you come in and, and make like, you know, there's some sort of emergency or something. Right. Yeah. But if that's the case, he should have come in with like something, not will there be anything else. That's like that's like, madam, you wanted me to come in here at this time. <laughs> you want you wanted me to come in at an awkward moment. <laughs> this is definitely an awkward moment.
1: So
0: to bright's to attention. Yeah, know? this
1: might be something that they if that's the case, they might do this all the time. They might just they don't have to talk about, you know, ahead of time. Mm. It's just uh, that's your job, Carl. <laughs> do your job. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, but yeah. So he leaves, and now I see that Kinderman does notice him. Mm. It's very, very quick, right? But I had first mistaken, Car- uh, you know, Kinderman's trailing off. Mm. Like, remember, he's talking about magic carpets mm-hmm, and bacteria, mm-hmm. and and Carl comes in, and he sort of trails off. And now I see that it's because he's looking intently at Carl, right? right? And he continues to look at him after he's left, right? He hates to watch him go, but. Uh, no, wait, wait. How does how do you it's like he watches him go. He hates to see him leave, but he loves what?
1: to watch him go. You watch him That's go, right, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever.
0: I, I got there eventually. Yeah. You
1: you have trouble uh with the misogynist jokes, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's um it's just because I'm 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 just not like that at all. <laughs> no. No, what am I doing? I am I am not like that. I, I don't I, know
1: why you're saying it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying it's sus.
0: <laughs> yeah. As the kids would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, they just like icky in my mouth <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, so like. I like that choice by Lee J. Cobb Mm -hmm. to fixate on Carl, right? Right. The whole thing with Carl being a suspect didn't make it into the film. So he didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about, right? Like being present, being truthful to the character that you are living Mm -hmm. in, right? Maybe that part was in an earlier uh, draft of the screenplay, or maybe it wasn't. Either way, Kinderman says Burke was killed by a powerful man and in walks this powerful man. And if Lee J. Cobb did his homework, Mm -hmm. which of course he did, he's Lee J. Cobb, Mm -hmm. um, and and I don't just mean reading the book. I mean deciding what kind of person William F. Kinderman is, right? Like how he reacts to things, his level of awareness, his level of association between things, like what he thinks, how he acts. Of course, he's going to be present enough in Kinderman for Kinderman to be distracted by Carl, mm-hmm. right? Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. In, in the mm-hmm. script, we don't have this interjection from Carl in the version that we have. Oh, yeah.
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. So now after Carl leaves, we're in this over-the-shoulder shot, um, over Kinderman's shoulder, and we're looking at Chris, and she does this little head tilt uh, here before she asks the next question, as if she doesn't want to ask it. Or or maybe she doesn't want to hear the answer, but she steals herself, and then she says, why are you asking all of this? And Kinderman shakes his head. He mutters, "Ah, it's – again – Nobody answers their, the the questions that they're asked. Good. <laughs> it's, it's never. An, it's 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 like they ask a question and they go on to like they answer the question by um like like posing another question mm-hmm. or just just going off on another like like tangent, right. right? And so Kinderman says it's strange, and we cut to the opposite side of the table, and now we're over Chris's shoulder, and Kinderman is reflecting. Right, he says. The deceased comes to visit, stays only 20 minutes, and leaves alone, a very sick girl. And this last line ends on an upnote, like an incredulous question, mm-hmm. right? He, he already doesn't buy it, right? And, and, and whether he suspects anyone in the house, right, I feel like he's here at least cluing Chris into that fact. As the kids say, the math ain't math, right. right? But he doesn't linger on that thought, right? He jumps from there to, and speaking plainly, Mrs. McNeil... But that is where our minute ends. We'll have to wait until the next time to hear this, um, seemingly harmless, seemingly absent-minded detective speak plainly, uh for now that's all I got Keenan. um is there is there anything yeah else? I just
1: want to point out that like we're starting this really interesting visual strategy where we're in these overs <laughs> that are in these zooms but it's that's mostly going to be taking place the next minute but we're starting it here <laughs> yes. and it's really super cool we'll have to come back
0: to it yeah I have I have some notes on that as well all right so I think that's it um folks this has been another excellent exorcist minute I have been Lester Ryan Clark you can catch me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark
1: and I have been Keenan Diaz and you can find me on Instagram and Letterbox as howdy Keenan.
0: yeah and we got our listener group Compelling Conversations uh, up on Facebook go check that out and request to join and we'll let you in here with us thank you so much to everybody who has shared uh, the show by word of mouth or on social media and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five star rating on iTunes um, we really appreciate it it's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you okay Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking
1: I think I am Lester
0: folks until next time the, the power, power of hobbits compels you, hobbits compels you.
1: And, folks, I'd like to talk about my comments that might have been perceived as hurtful by those in the Hobbit community. I have been told that my comments uh, were insensitive, and I am listening to my Hobbit friend and I am agreeing. And so, uh, if you take us back on the Exorcist Minute, I'd just love to uh, reassure you that we will do our best in the future and that Lester and I will, uh, will be there with any community that will have us. Second
0: breakfast. <laughs>